This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and welcome back to our Wednesday night Bible class. Great to be back together again today and have the opportunity to open up God's Word and study a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper, and in that way, stay in God's Word, keep our focus on our relationship with God, on our souls, getting ready for eternity every day that we live this physical life in our world, but also helping us to stay strong and even grow in our faith. Because as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the word of God. I want to encourage you, as we do regularly, to share these studies with everybody you can. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means. But you know people in your life, probably some within your own family, in fact, who need to change their focus in life. They need to start thinking about their relationship with God, paying attention to their souls, help them along these lines, help them perhaps even get to heaven by getting them into God's word by sharing these studies with them. With your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with everybody you can. What a great blessing it would be for them to get to heaven but it would also be a great blessing for you to help them get to heaven by sharing these studies. We also encourage you to tell everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page till you come to our podcast button. Click on that and sign up for our podcasting. It'll only take about one minute, literally, and it is free. It will always be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. And when people do sign up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, their smartphone, computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be, they'll receive our Wednesday night Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class, all of our sermons, and a really wonderful short daily Bible study called Today's Bible Class. It's only about 13 minutes long each day, but it gets us into God's Word every single day and how important that is for our faith. They'll also receive our Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. And when they're in our website, they can access hundreds of sermons that they can download and listen to on audio, and a whole lot of those are now being posted in video format as well as audio format. And they can download and read and study through hundreds of articles that are spiritually focused and scripturally based. So encourage everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com. And again, all of these resources, all of these study resources are free and always will be free. We're going to get back into our study from the book of First Peter. We're in chapter 3. Now again, we're taking our time. We're looking at the text of this particular book or letter from the Apostle Peter, guided to write God's very word as he was guided by God through the Holy Spirit. Very important material, and it applies really in specific ways to the individual Christian. And so we have taken our time. We'll continue to do so because there's so rich teaching, such rich teaching within this particular letter. Now, we have been through the first seven verses of chapter three, and again, some very important kind of zeroing in focus within the general context there that really we needed to pay some attention to. 
talking about the relationship between husbands and wives, talking about God's dress code for the Christian, not just for the for the women, but also for the men, and also talking about how husbands ought to uh, look at their wives and treat their wives and take care of their wives and be the leaders within the home, and especially the spiritual leaders. Well, in verse 8, we move on, and so Paul, rather Peter comes along and he says, finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Peter's now he shifts gears. He's been in this particular chapter, he's been talking to husbands and wives. He's been talking to males and females. And now he's expanding the focus, beginning with verse 8, to all Christians. And I think we could say particularly Christians within the same congregation of the Lord's church. And so he says, be of one mind having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, don't return evil for evil, don't revile when somebody might revile you, even if they have done so wrongly and you have been wronged in this particular situation, but still you need to be that Christian. You need to be that Christian example and image before even those who might consider themselves to be your enemy but particularly within the Lord's church, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, we may come back to that and talk about that possibility a little bit more in, in, a, in a few minutes, but notice what he says, be of one mind. As Christians, as members of the Lord's church, we are to be united. And not just in our belief in Christ, but in everything that goes with our belief in Christ. When the Apostle Peter wrote the 1 Corinthians letter, he was writing to a congregation that was struggling with with considerable division, divisiveness within the congregation. And so he, in in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 10, he says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, if you look at that and break that down, that one verse contains five different figures of speech or expressions of instruction that are telling, through which the the Apostle Paul is telling the Christians in Corinth to be united. Speak the same thing. No divisions among you, perfectly joined together, in the same mind, in the same judgment. And then he rebukes them, beginning with verse 11, when he says, For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household. Apparently, Chloe's household was a household that were members of the congregation there. That there are contentions among you. Now, I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Apparently, the congregation was divided as to who they looked to as their spiritual leaders, 
Maybe some had been baptized by Paul. Maybe some had been baptized by Apollos. Or maybe some had been baptized by by Peter, Cephas. Uh, maybe some were simply focused on following Christ. Whatever, however, we're to understand that, there were factions within the congregation, apparently. And Paul is saying, that's wrong. That's ungodly. And you need to stop that. He goes on in verse 13 and he says, is Christ divided? Now, that's a rhetorical question. The answer is understood within the question itself. Obviously, no, Christ is not divided. And so if you're in Christ, you need to be united and not divided. He says, was Paul crucified for you? Well, of course not. Another rhetorical question. So why are you following Paul over following Christ? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Well, of course not. And so he's rebuking them for their division or their disunity, if you want to look at it that way. So when he says, back in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8, when Peter says, all of you be of one mind, he is repeating or emphasizing exactly what Paul emphasized in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. He says, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. Remember that Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, in John chapter 13 and verses 34 and 35, he told the apostles, and of course it's not just specified only to the apostles or even mainly to the apostles, he's telling them, giving them a new commandment that we are to understand is for us today as, as his followers, as Christians. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are the family of God, and we need to love one another as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ. The Apostle Paul wrote about the relationship, the inner relationship that we ought to have and demonstrate as Christians in Romans chapter 12. He says, beginning with verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, that is to fellow Christians, given to hospitality. And then notice that he says in verse 14, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Now, our instinctive human emotional reaction would be to strike back in some way. To somebody who curses us, you curse them right back. Somebody does you wrong, you do them wrong, maybe worse than they did you. Somebody strikes you, you strike them back harder than they struck you. Paul says, no, no, not as Christians. Not as Christians, bless those who, curse, who, who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now again, here's this unity factor comes in. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. 
And notice these last two verses in Romans chapter 12, verses 19 and 20. These last two in this particular text. Actually, these last three, beginning with verse 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. That is, if he continues to be your enemy, continues to treat you in a, in a wicked way, he's just bringing judgment on himself. But you put forth that image of a Christian in, if he's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. And then verse 21 really kind of summarizes it in a real nutshell kind of fashion. He says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, really just, just you know, it reinforces what Peter was writing back here in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Be of one mind. Have compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Don't return evil for evil. Don't revile when you've been reviled. But on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Oh, the world needs to see Christianity in us. Or maybe we should make it even a little more personal. The world needs to see Christ in us in us. Yes, the world needs to see Christ in us because the world needs to see that Christian image, that Christian example, and the world needs to change and take that example as their lifestyle personally. In Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2 and beginning with verse 14, the apostle Paul wrote, do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. See, we're supposed to be the light of the, the lights of the world. Jesus talked about that in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 5 and, and verses 13 through 16, particularly verses 14 through 16, about being the light of the world or lights within the world. I have not, in, in verse 16 here of Philippians chapter 2, Paul says, holding fast the word of life. Now, how do we present ourselves or how do we just carry ourselves in such a way as to be lights in the world, lights of Christianity, lights of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? by living according to his word, his teachings. Yes, that's how we're supposed to do that. That's how we're supposed to accomplish that. So Peter and Paul, we could say they reinforce each other in, in this particular teaching. We're to be united as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're to have a, be of the same mind. We are to teach the same things, believe the same things, and live by the same teachings, and we're to teach others the same truths of Christianity and the gospel message of salvation. We're to love one another. We're to love one another 
to such a degree and in such a way that the non-Christian world around us can see our love for one another. We're supposed to be those examples. Seasoning salt, as Jesus put it in Matthew 5 and verse 13, and shining lights, as he put it in verses 14 through 16. We're to be shining lights. Now, these, these kinds of behaviors, this kind of a Christian lifestyle, an example, it, it comes with a blessing, and this particular blessing, as Peter lays it out, lays upon or is contingent to our fulfilling this, our roles that he has laid out for us in verses 8 and 9, that we're to be that Christian image, that we're to be that image of Christ in our lives, in the way we treat each other and in the way that we treat other people as well and deal with the people in the world around us. Now, what is that particular blessing that is contingent upon these instructions in verses 8 and 9 of 1 Peter chapter 3? Well, verse 10 talks to us about that particular blessing. Peter says, for he would love life, he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Now, that leads up to the blessing in verse 12. Now, first, we could say, okay, well, here, here is a blessing or a couple of specifics, and really they're connected with one another. In, at the beginning of verse 10, he who would love life and see good days... In other words, for him, life would be good, and he would love life. He would have a good life. He would enjoy his life as a faithful Christian. Then here's conditions again, and they really relate to what we read in verses 8 and 9. Refrain your tongue from evil. Refrain your lips from speaking deceit. Do, not turn, uh, do, uh, do good and turn away from evil. Make up your mind, in other words, to live that godly Christian life and speak peace and pursue peace. Well, again, they blend right in with verses 8 and 9, how we're to treat one another and really the mindset that we're to have as Christians in dealing with people all around us. Christians, fellow Christians, first and foremost, but the people of the world around us too, who need to see the Christian example in us so that they can be influenced to become Christians themselves. Now, what is this, this specific blessing? Verse 12, the specific blessing that I really want to focus on even more. Verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, let me read that again. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous God is watching over the righteous. The Hebrews writer says, as long as we walk with God, he'll never, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And his ears are open to their prayers. The righteous, the truly righteous, living by God's teachings faithfully and obediently and consistently can pray to God anytime, anywhere, and have confidence that God is listening. 
that God cares, that he hears, and that he will answer our prayers according to his will. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. People have a really careless attitude, I think, about prayer. Now, I'm not talking about everybody. Prayerfully, members of the Lord's church, true Christians, have a good, godly, responsible attitude about prayer. But you see, prayer should never be abused. But there are a whole lot of people out there, and unfortunately, a lot of them would be identified as unfaithful Christians, people who have become Christians and then become unfaithful after having become Christians, but also people in the world out there. They have this attitude that they can go on living their life however they want to live it, but then if something really bad happens, they can go to God in prayer and expect God to listen in a positive way. Well, what does Peter say again in verse 12? The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. God, consistently listening to our prayers in a positive way, is contingent upon our living a godly life before him on a consistent basis. In other words, living by his teachings consistently. Now, this is actually a quote. This particular text, beginning with verse 10 and going on down through verse 12, is actually a quote from Psalm 34. And we begin... Psalm 34, we begin with verse 11. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the, the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil. Now, if you want to love life, if you want to have a good life, if you want to see many days, you want your, the longevity of your life, to be extended, he says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. He gets broader then when he says in verse 14, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And then the psalmist says in verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. In other words, when they pray to him, the righteous. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Huh. Now go back to verse 16 for kind of the summary here. The face of the Lord, verses 15 and 16, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their cry, their prayers. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off their, the remembrance of them from the earth. 
You see, people who think they can live a disobedient life before God, disobedient to his teachings, people who think they can live in unrighteousness, in sinfulness on a consistent basis, and then still be able to go to God in prayer when they feel the need or the situation arises where they need God's blessings or deliverance or healing, they need to rethink the matter. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, but the unrighteous do not have that blessing of being able to know with confidence that the Lord's eyes in a receptive, positive way to their prayers, to their cries, are on them. In Zechariah chapter eleven, uh, chapter 7, beginning with verse 11, we read similarly. And here, God is really talking to the Israelites, but, but get the principle again. But they refused to heed, shrugged their shoulders, stopped their ears so that they could not hear. Yes, they made their hearts like flint, refusing to hear the law, the law of the, of the Lord. And the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Thus, great wrath came up came from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it happened that just as he proclaimed that they would that they would not hear and they would not hear, so they called out, and I would not listen, says the Lord of hosts. You see, people think they can live a wicked life, a sinful life, and then when something bad happens in their life, they can call out to the Lord and they expect him to listen in a positive way to deliver them. And the psalmist says, and the prophet Zechariah says, no, don't expect that. God wants your ongoing and your consistent obedience, dedication to him. How do you love the Lord? The apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3 that the love of God is to keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. We read a simple statement that seems to be a statement of understanding and acceptance, a common understanding among the Jews of that particular day. This man who had been blind had been healed by Jesus. And his accusers among the Jewish leadership are accusing Jesus of not being godly because he did this on the Sabbath day. Well, the young man says in verse 31 of John chapter 9, now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, him he hears. That seemed to have been a principle of common knowledge and understanding that this young man said, we know that God does not hear sinners. Well, um, interesting, isn't it? And so Peter is talking here in 1 Peter chapter 3. If we want to have the confidence of being able to go to God in prayer anytime 
for whatever situation might be facing us, we need to live that righteous life before God. We need to live according to his teachings on a consistent way. We need to show our love for him through our obedience to his teachings. We're going to stop here. We'll pick up with verse 13 next time. Very rich text, isn't it? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us your word to guide us oh, in so much detail as to how to live the best life that anybody can live on this, on this, on this earth in our physical existence here, Father. Thank you for giving us guidance and instruction to teach us how we can have the best life that a person can have here and even have a, a, an extended life, a longer life, and that is by following your teachings. Thank you for blessing us with the blessing of prayer and guide us, Father, to always cherish this precious blessing and to never disrespect it, but to always hold it dear so that we can always come to you through this avenue and know that you're there and that you care and that you're listening in a positive way and that you want to bless. We pray for all those we need to be praying for, Father. Please, please forgive us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.